0: G'day, welcome to episode two of Cephalon um, Squared, uh, our Warframe community podcast. I am Cephalon Greg, your host, and I'm joined by uh, Cephalon Lucas, my co-host, as always. The reason I had a bit of a giggle there was because this is the second time we're recording this episode, we had a bit of a technical error, uh, so hopefully that won't happen again. But you know what? I'm going to learn from it, and it's going to be like 10 times better this time around. (laughs) Um, has got to roll with the punches. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh well, such is life. Um, so Lucas, let's kick off straight into Warframe. What straight into Warframe. Anything, anything interesting? Uh, well, you
1: know, we had a few new members to the clan, so just been helping them out. Um,
0: doing the daily sorties, whatnot. Um, oh, those daily sorties. How pleasant! That uh, pleasant! I can't even England. How pleasant has it been that we've uh, simply been getting six thousand Kuva every <laughs> single time we do the sortie? I like. Uh, don't get me wrong. Kuva is wonderful. It is appreciated, but it's not a riven. <laughs> no, it's most certainly
1: not. I would very much appreciate a riven right about now, mostly for yeah. the challenge
0: side of things. But yeah. Just give us a Riven, please. RNG. Just one, at least one a week. It'd be lovely to be guaranteed one a week. That would be fantastic because it's been a while since we last got one and it's frustrating. Yep. But, yep. If, if
1: it's not Coover, it's a, it's a sculpture. And if it's not a sculpture, then it's a, uh, uh, an Orokin Catalyst or Exilius Adapter like we received
0: last night. Yeah, and we we, we are flush with Exilus Adapters because we were given 100 bajillion uh during the twitch stream that uh went awry but uh such is life Shout out um, to Rebecca. Yep.
1: thank you thank you very so much, much. <laughs> thank you hat
0: tip um yeah so that was that was what we've been doing my next plan is actually to start formering formering yep formering some stuff to get them um i actually need to build some umbral builds i need to max out some mods i need to make some more high level weapons i've got a story to tell towards the end of this episode uh, in regards to one of my weapons, the heck, but we'll get into that a bit later. Um, we've got a lot, a lot to talk about actually, so there was a lot more news that um, happened this week than I expected. Uh, we've got an interesting discussion topic. We're going to look at Uh, End game. We're not going to go into too much detail. Uh, It is a bit of a contentious topic at best, but uh, we're going to have a look at it from a couple of angles. Uh, We've got our beginners and advanced tips, of course. We've got our first community call-outs. And let me just say that uh, we did our first... uh, podcast last week hopefully you have listened to it already Uh, we did do our first one last week and we did it off cuff and and we rushed it out there Uh, and the feedback from people has been phenomenal it's been astounding so uh, thank you to anyone that has listened and reached out to us
1: Um, absolutely absolutely the uh the level of um the, the level that we reached with the first podcast is far higher than i expected um, so thank you very much to the community uh, and we hope that we can uh, live up to the standards, um, especially on the quality side, which I hope is a lot better tonight.
0: Yes, we uh, we think we've fixed the connectivity issue that we had last week. Lucas was a bit muddy and a bit funny sounding, so hopefully we've fixed that and everything's sounding much better. Uh, hit us up on Twitter or whatever to let us know if that is or isn't the case. But uh, at the end of the episode, we're also going to go into... Uh, what we've got planned for the future and a couple of other things. Uh, So we'll go into that a bit later. So let's just kick into the news, I guess. So last week we mentioned that the uh, Prime Vault was going to be reopened for uh, another half year, I suppose is the easiest way of saying it. Uh, We've got Nyx and Rhino back in the um, uh, Relic Rotation, so you can go and farm those Relics from the Void. Uh, probably the easiest way to find out where to find them is to uh, check out some uh, YouTube videos. There's plenty of people covering that on on YouTube or just jump into the wiki and see where you need to pick those things up. Otherwise, there are plenty of packs. There's the Nyx pack with 400 plat, Nyx Prime, Hiko Prime, Skindo Prime, Targus Prime Armour, the Vala Sugacha Prime and the Glyphs and Icons. Uh, Rhino pack has 400 plat, Rhino Prime, Baltor Prime, Ankyrus Prime, the Distilling Extractor Prime and the Blueprint, the Noru Prime Sayandana, as well as the Glyphs and Icons. The Brains and Brawn Dual Pack includes all of that stuff, plus 1,200 plat instead of um, the 400 that the others have. Uh, Then there's the Accessories Pack, which has 200 plat. Uh, The Nyx Accessories Pack has uh, the Targus Prime Armor and the Vala Sugatra Prime, while the Rhino Accessories pack has the distilling extractor prime and blueprint and the noru prime cyan dama. So there's a whole bunch of packs that you can choose from. Um, we aren't going to go into the prices because there are different prices in different regions. So we'll leave that up to you. If you're listening to us by now, you already know where to find the pricing for this stuff anyway. So there's no need for us to really tell you. Um, it depends on what you're looking for, what you're looking to achieve. Some of you out there might want to farm for all of this stuff because you can. Um, others like me want to collect as much as possible and maybe have the cash. I mean, f- from my perspective, I, I wanted to buy some platinum soon. Anyway, I needed some platinum. I was down to zero tradable platinum. So, um, I needed some platinum. And when I looked at all of the packs that were available, the jewel pack actually works out to be the best because there's 1200 plat in there and it's only five or six Aussie dollars more than, um, a thousand platinum pack. Um, So the thousand platinum pack, I think is about 75 Australian dollars. Whereas this dual pack is uh, $83. So for an extra $8 I get, and that's again, that's Australian dollars. um, I get all of that stuff plus 1200 platinum. And I think that's really worth it. Uh, So that's what I decided to go for. Did you go for anything Lucas? I just simply went for the NYX accessory pack. Uh, I just honestly,
1: I thought I can farm for everything else that I want or need. I just really, 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 really want that Tajis Prime armor because it it's stunning. It's beautiful.
0: It really uh, is. Particularly those leg pieces. I love them. Uh, yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. And, and the chest piece yeah. is really good too. Um even the shoulder. Actually it's just it's a it's a gorgeous <laughs> armor set. It, it really it, is. So I recommend it. it. And keep in mind that the only place to get the armor set and the Sagatra Prime and the Noru Prime Sayadana for that matter. Um, and even the distilling extractor prime—the only place to get them is from the accessory packs or from buying those packs. Are you sure um, you don't want
1: anything else to the list? Then? What was that? Sorry. Are you sure, you don't want to add anything else to the list? And no. <laughs> oh, and the plat. And the plat. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but apart apart from that, everything else is farmable within the game. Um, oh, and the glyphs. Okay, there were others. <laughs> <laughs> but. Um, Everything else is farmable in the game, and realistically, there's quite a lot of good stuff here from my perspective, Um, stuff that's probably not really worth chasing after, maybe the Skindo Prime. It is a good, um, massive, awesome-looking axe, so if you want to channel your inner Conan, go after the Skindo Prime. Um, but it's not really a, a massively high-powered weapon. Then again, everything's up to personal preference, so go for it. Ankyros Prime, unfortunately, is a, is pretty weak from my experience. Um, Lucas, you are mentioning that it was one of the first Primes, so that's probably got something to do with it. The power creep yep. has probably far eclipsed poor little old Ankyros Prime, but we do have um, we do have a melee weapon,
1: melee uh, weapon rework coming
0: that's coming, so possibly some of these um, weapons might come back to the, uh, the back fold. Back into right? the fold, yeah. Back. So uh, we shall see.
1: Cause you know, we don't know what the uh, stat increase will be just yet. So for all we know, the Ankaros may end up coming back to the uh, top tier melee weapons.
0: Hopefully, we'll see. Um, apart from that, um, Nyx Prime and Rhino Prime are both fantastic frames to be chasing for. Um, base Nyx and Base Rhino, uh, if you've already got them, you know how good they are. Uh, the Prime versions look astounding, particularly Nyx. I must say that, that Nyx Prime helmet is probably one of my favorite helmets in the entire game. It just looks amazing. Um, so, yeah, I can't recognize, recommend those enough because both of them are really, really good Primes, and they both look really good. Uh, the Hiko Prime, if that's how you say it, they are little throwing... Ninja stars. Um, and they are probably, I was saying this to Lucas the other day while we were playing they're they're probably becoming one of my favorite, um, secondary weapons in the game because they're just fun. You throw them so fast and they've got the coolest little (laughs) sound and, um, they do a hell of a lot of damage. So I'm looking forward to, um, to actually formering those and, um, and getting them up to a really cool, a cool level. Um, and Boltor Prime, I am a fan of the Boltor series. Uh, if, if you know me, you know I love the Boltor. You know I love the Boltus. Um, uh, the Bolto and the Ak-Bolto, I love all of those weapons. There's something about just firing a bolt and pinning things to walls that um, gets me giddy. Um, so I love the Boltor Prime, but it really isn't a top-tier weapon. It was brought up with the recent primary weapon Um Stat rework, but um, it's not as high. No, as not, to
1: a, not to a level that is fitting of such a weapon. Yeah,
0: so there's a lot of good stuff there. It, it is really um, worthwhile jumping in and, and trying to farm a lot of this stuff. If you've got the money, it's, it's worth throwing Digital Extremes, some cash for, for the plat and for the, for the bits and pieces, but there's a lot out there to farm for. And you know most of it you can farm for uh, for free. So get out there and do it. Moving on. Nidus Deluxe. Nidus Deluxe.
1: Wow. Nidus Deluxe
0: was released last week to the PC and he looks absolutely astounding. Um, I wasn't sold initially from uh, what was shown in the dev streams. Of course, it it always looked amazing. But now that I've seen it and I've seen some people do some um, fashion frames on him, I am mightily impressed and the creepy little moving eyes is creepy. (laughs)
1: <laughs> it was a great little touch they were able to add in at last yeah. minute. Um glad they managed to do it. Because it just makes it that that just a little bit more worth getting. <laughs>
0: uh. <It does. laughs> and
1: and uh, also the Nidus Deluxe set uh which comes with a lot of nice little goodies including one amazing looking Sindana. Um definitely definitely going to be picking up the set. Uh that Sandana will be going
0: on other frames, <laughs> Zephyr. <laughs> Zephyr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. There's um, that is is one of the best looking Sandanas as, as well. Uh, so um, and I've only seen it once or twice on a couple of people playing the game. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, unfortunately, we're just going to have to get Nidus Deluxe. But that's life. Yeah. 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 Oh, and there's also the the uh, the Kubro and helmets, armor. Yes, true. Ooh, Not that cool. f- I used a Kubro in a long time, but right, hint, man. hint, wink, wink, we will have something to do with companion animals a little bit later in the episode. Moving on. We saw some uh, skins being shared on Twitter in particular this week, and Lucas, you wanted to make a shout out to someone.
1: Yes, I want to do a shout out to uh, Yatus. I don't know if that's the proper pronunciation. Australians, I'm sorry. Uh, bad pronunciation, um, but looking at this chen- Tenogen artist's uh, work for the Excalibur Ion Two skin and the Rhino Ion Two skin, absolutely astounding work. Um, I cannot, I cannot praise these skins uh, any higher. The especially the Excalibur skin. Um, I did see someone mention in the comments that this skin will be perfect for a Excalibur. Uh, cosplay for Superman, and I can definitely agree. I can see that see that definitely happening. It's it's absolutely beautiful. Um, if you have not seen the Excalibur Ion or the Rhino, Rhino Ion yet, um, you can check them out at the uh, Steam Workshop, or you can go to Yattis' uh, Twitter, Twitter page. Twitter page on at Hodzik Ahmed, um, his work is amazing. Absolutely amazing.
0: Yeah, I've got to say that Excalibur Ion 2.0 in particular is really impressive. Um, probably one of my favourite Excalibur skins that I've seen to date. So I really hope that gets into the uh, next round of Tenor Gen. Fingers crossed, go out there, vote for it um, and let that particular artist know that you think their stuff is good. I do look forward to a bit of Superman... Um, fashion framing, particularly as I've just done a uh, Spider Man Valkyrie, <laughs> uh, which I'm very proud of. She looks wonderful. Now, uh, now which, which skin did you use? Uh, which, which skin did you use? Uh, it's using the Delirium skin with uh, uh, yes. the uh, I've forgotten the name of the helmet—the one with the two, the two points at the top. Uh, the, um, the, uh, the fashion skin, the fashion helmet. Yeah, I can't remember. I can't uh, remember what the helmet's Terrible names. So apologies. Uh, there's lots of things to remember that, with this game, but it, it looks pretty good. Maybe I'll share it on Twitter, if you're lucky.
1: <laughs> um,
0: okay, so moving on, there was a little bit of information that you discovered, Lucas. So I'll let you share this that you watched from primetime.
1: Yes. Uh, during last week's primetime episode with Steve Sinclair um, and D. Rebecca, uh there was something that... Steve mentioned when they were exploring Cetus, he said that the uh, Solarans um, from Venus would start um, unloading some of their supplies off ships um, in the docks of Cetus before Fortuna's release. Um, I just thought that was an interesting little bit of um, news of throwing out there that there will be some connectivity between the open hubs.
0: Yeah, and it gets people excited as well because they start to see something new coming into the game and it sort of feels it's a bit of world building, I think. So that's um yeah. that's pretty exciting. Uh and I'm looking forward to that happening. Um but of course we don't know when that's going to happen. But I think that's just a great idea on
1: D's yeah, behalf. It is good. That's good. Uh, there was also a mention that Vlad, the Eidolon Vampire Warframe, is expected to release on PC sometime during August. Um, so console players, you're probably expecting uh, probably September, I, I
0: expect. Yeah. Um, but then still, new Warframe, gotta love it. Yeah, can't complain about that. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to him. I'm wondering what they're going to do for his release, whether or not they're just going to release his his bits and pieces as bounties on the planes or whether he's going to drop from the Eidolon. Um, I think that would restrict a lot of players, to be honest, um, from being able to get him. So I'll be interested to see what they're going to do. I'm pretty sure they mentioned they weren't going to build a quest around him. So um, we'll see how that's going to be. But that's pretty exciting to know that. Uh, technically this month because by the time you listen to this it'll be august uh vlad is coming out that's cool bring it on all right um apart from that of course you would have seen over the weekend there was a tactical alert i was um Very surprised to see this. I saw that Tactical Potato shared a video um, last week around uh, Wednesday, Thursday last week saying whatever happened to tactical alerts and why can't we we bring them back? He didn't say it like that because he's got a crazier accent than I do, uh, but I can't do it. And it would just, you know, probably offend the poor guy. Um, <laughs> so um, it was interesting to see that they did come back that very, very uh, weekend. Um, they're very different to what they used to be, by the looks of things. Um, so they used to have some pretty crazy augments They were pretty much just et- extra long missions this time round, with a whole bunch of extra hyenas and things thrown in to make things challenging. Um, it was it's still a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was pretty challenging at times, but it was a lot of fun it was it definitely um
1: yeah it really, really good
0: for um focus farming <laughs>
1: yeah yeah someone lucked
0: out <laughs> yes i got about 150 thousand focus in in one of those and that's that, that's for someone who doesn't even um work on on building a lot of uh, crazy focus so i'm sure there's probably people out there that got in excess of 300,000 in one <laughs> shot so that was really good, so the residual return for those of us that haven't been playing the game for long enough to have known that it even existed <laughs> um, we all got our hand our chance to get our hands on it. I see that there were a number of um, uh, longer term players that were a little bit disappointed with this because it was you know in inverted commas so easy to get um, but realistically just let people have their fun it's um, it's not a competitive game it's a cooperative game. It doesn't matter if other people get the residual. Dudes, relax, calm down. Um, but I really enjoyed that, and I hope they do it again. Oh, do it yes, more. definitely. Definitely.
1: Maybe maybe um, fortnightly,
0: please. Fortnightly, yeah. Yeah, please. If we could do something like that fortnightly, it probably wouldn't be as rewarding because they were very rewarding. We got a Catalyst and a Reactor. Uh We got an Exilus Adapter, and we got... um you know, 200,000-odd, uh, pl- uh, not plat, Jesus. If Credit, forget. credits. Be <laughs> the credits. Um, and the, okay, the rest is monthly Monthly. Monthly, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> even, even monthly, it might be a little bit too rewarding, but just drop Shush. the rewards. Drop the rewards down a little. Everyone needs catalysts and things anyway, but um, it was brilliant. Uh, the next thing, I'll let you take over from here, Lucas. Okay.
1: Uh, well, at the time of recording uh, this morning, Uh, Tactical Potato dropped another video based on the melee 3.0 changes, and he actually reminded me of something that was mentioned during uh, Devstream 111 that I had actually completely forgotten about. And to be honest, I'm surprised in myself. DE mentioned that dual wielding will be possible with one-handed melee weapons and your single-handed sidearms. So instead of just using the throwing weapons like the glaive you could maybe even throw on a dagger or a sword machete um i actually thought maybe the rapiers would be a nice little touch um, so that's that's a, definitely something i'm i'm looking forward to um, yeah.
0: now the the tactical potato video went into a lot of detail about Malay 3.0 based on what was shown in um, Devstream 111, I think it was. Um, we've decided not to go into detail about Tactical Potatoes' video simply because this week's Devstream, if it is still this week, is expected to go into Malay 3.0. So when, when, um, when they signed out from Devstream 113, they said next week we're going to look at um, Malay in more detail so it should be uh in this week's dev stream so we are going to leave it at that for now because things may change from what was shown in 111 and uh we'll go into it in detail in probably next week's podcast fingers crossed fingers crossed. The last thing we wanted to talk about is uh, the Porphy and Xenogelion Venus videos are now available on YouTube. They were uh, uh, uploaded to YouTube about a week ago. They have been on the Warframe website since um, after Tenacon, you said, Lucas? Yes. Yes. So they've been there for a while, but now they're on YouTube. Go watch them. They're entertaining. Uh, very. You can, tell, you can tell that the um, textures, etc., are very old, so... Um, It doesn't look as good as it looks now, but the videos actually include a bit of contrasting as well. So this is what it looked like when they made the video, and this is what it looks like now. Uh, It's still very impressive stuff, and the Xenogelion one is quite amusing, Uh, whereas the Porphy one, it just has some awesome music, and it's really sort of uh, absorbing. So go check them out. Okay, let's move on to this week's discussion topic. Woo-hoo. As mentioned, woo-hoo, exciting times. I, uh, I wanted to talk about Endgame this week, and the reason I wanted to bring this up is because of the video from Rob from A Gay, Guy's pl- a Gay Guy Plays. Um, Shout out I to Rob. Watch- yes, g'day, Rob. Um, we watched your video in regards to Endgame uh, where you mentioned that a lot of people feel uh, that the end game in Warframe is endless missions. Um, And you disagree with that. So, well, at least Rob um, disagreed with that himself. He said he doesn't think that's really end game. It's just, you know, once you've gotten to uh, the late game of Warframe, you know how to build your weapons, you know how to build your uh, Warframes, and you know how to last for a while. You know how to live. So, realistically, everyone should be able to do long-term Uh, Survival so Rob had a couple of suggestions about what he wanted to to do with the late game, which I thought were quite interesting Um, and then tactical potatoes video came out in regards to tactical alerts and what uh, You know how he thought they were sort of an end game viable uh, game mode and then there were um, uh, Raids trials that were removed from the game things like that. So I just thought uh, Let's have a bit of a chat about what we think Endgame is, um, and uh, you know what we think perhaps uh, Warframe might need. So from my perspective, I did a little bit of research um, and realistically Endgame never existed before World of Warcraft. So I may be wrong, I'm sure somebody's gonna point it out and say, I'm sorry, sir, but you got it wrong. Mabel, had added in you know nineteen ninety six or something like that. Okay, maybe that's the case, maybe. But from the, sorry, from the research that I was doing, um, it looked like realistically raids and things like that came about with World of Warcraft. Um, so once you got to the highest point in the game, once you got to max level, what was there to do? And you know, from that research, I basically saw that. There's only, there's only three things you can do. You can either do high-level missions or you can grind out reputation or you can do both. And realistically, that's all there is for endgames in most MMORPGs or most platform service-based games like Destiny, like The Division, Um uh, World of Warcraft, Monster Hunter World, now is one of those kind of games. Um, so, what what is endgame to you, Lucas? What do you think is endgame? Um,
1: I, I definitely would have to say that the uh, the raids and reputation grind is something that uh, that appeals to me as like a, an endgame uh, viable um, mechanic, I guess you would say. Um, now, obviously. Warframe has tried raids in the past and they weren't that popular. Um, I don't know if it was because of rewards. I mean, I think we tried
0: a raid once and that ended in absolute disaster. (laughs) Really, I think that was only because we didn't get enough people and we didn't have anyone that knew. And I think this this is what DE recognized when they removed them. They said... You know, one of the reasons we're removing this game is because people just didn't know how to do things, and you, you, the raids were so mechanically complex that you really had to get them a hundred percent right, or it was frustrating. Yeah. Um, and we only had five people trying to do a raid for the first time and trying to figure it out ourselves. Uh, most of us were fairly low um, mastery rank at the time and low capability, and and didn't have, uh, you know the right frames perhaps um, so it was probably not the right time for us to be trying it. If we were trying it now, we'd probably have more success. Oh yeah, that, probably. probably. Yeah. Um, uh, but, what but, do you but, think uh, about sorry, The um, so, you know, trials have been taken out of the game now. A lot of people tend to think that endgame in Warframe is simply building Warframe's building different kinds of builds and testing them out and seeing how long you can do stuff for what what's your thoughts on that
1: no no um i'm sorry but they are just endurance it's 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 a test of um it's a test of strength it's not a be all end all kind of thing it's there's there's only so much you can really do with um with endurance, I mean, it, it, with, with something like endurance, it brings up um, meta game and uh, how how there's realistically only a small amount of builds for uh, said endurance runs, um, and it, it, it's it's really it makes the game feel claustrophobic.
0: Mm. I think personally, sorry, I had a little bit of hiccup there. That was weird. I think personally, the the thing I don't like most about endurance runs. And don't get me wrong, I do like endurance runs for leveling. I like them for chasing resources and even just for a challenge, for fun, for a little bit, seeing how long you can last in MOT. Um, we were talking about that recently. We didn't do it, but you know, we talked about it.
1: It's in the plans. Um, it is in the
0: plans. Uh, we want to do it for fun. But for me, I think Endgame really needs to provide you with some sort of reward, something that you're going to get out of it. And that led me down a thought process that just went a bit wacky because I started to think to myself, all right, what about idols? Are they end game? And I think to some extent they are to a lot of players so, so a player like me, for example, I can play one or two hours a day, and on the weekend I can play maybe three or four hours. So at most, I'm probably only playing maybe twenty hours a week, which is more than a lot of players, but it's also less than a lot of other players. So for me, the idle are good because I still have a lot of reputation grinding to do. I still have a lot of other things that I need to do uh, in terms of leveling weapons, in terms of formering weapons, and creating builds and all that kind of stuff, as well as going out and fighting Eidolons. Then there's other people who can play 50 or 100 hours a week of Warframe. You know, maybe they're, they're, they're definitely the outsiders, but you also need to appeal to those guys. And those guys have done everything. So to them, the Eidolons will walk in the park. They can smash through the Tridolons twice a night, um, you know, in a Cetus in a, a, a night. So for them, you can't give them too big rewards because they're going to end up coming out with, you know, 500 catalysts or whatever the case, uh, whatever the reward may be. So
1: the, the, you uh, the need arcanes. to train
0: the arcanes, exactly. Yes. And, and that's the problem. I think the biggest problem that DE has is when it comes to the end game, you can create something that works for some people. Kuva survivals, for example a probably difficult end game ish content to 40 or 50% of the community. And that's pretty good. You know, sanctuary onslaught is probably difficult content for 50% of the community. Elite sanctuary onslaught is probably difficult for 30% of the community or, you know, whatever the case may be or more, maybe 60 or 70%. So There's those outsiders that are always going to fall outside of things. And what do you do for those? Do you think there's anything you can do for those guys that play 100 hours a week?
1: Well, I I did give uh, a bit of thought after watching um, Rob's video during the week. Um, And he he had a lot of good suggestions, as he said. And it made me start thinking about when I first started playing Warframe. And uh, I looked at the Nightmare Missions. Um, now, you 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 instinctively look at something that says nightmare, and you think, "Oh, that's going to be hard." But you know, by the time I did my first one, I was probably only sitting around Mars on the on the star chart. I hadn't really started doing uh, frame farming. Uh, I think I maybe have bought Limbo at that time. Um, so you know, I only really had two three frames not really a lot of uh, weapons i think it was only about mastery rank four and i did my first nightmare mission and it was ridiculously easy mm. i think it was a it was a timed exterminate but the enemies every time you killed an enemy you would get more time added on so by the time i like in comparison from when I started, by the time I finished the mission, I think I had an extra three minutes to spare.
0: Yeah. And that's, you know, that, that's, that's a good example because Nightmare really is supposed to be hard content. Yeah. Uh, and it probably was originally when it was created, meant to scale to even those higher level players. Um, and as you said, it just doesn't. Even sorties. So today... Um, before we started the podcast, we were both sitting online, and we had a look at the at the sortie, and we laughed, and we said, "This is an easy one. Let's just smash through it." And we did. It wasn't too much trouble. the The third section was an assassination of um, Albert V um, with radiation hazard, I think it was, and that was slightly more difficult than we realised, um, but it was nothing. Um,
1: so, so, still but, did it first shot,
0: exactly. And I think I think sorties, sorties are an outlier. Because of the random nature of sorties, sometimes they're ridiculously easy, sometimes the challenge is just right, and sometimes they're virtually impossible to do. And I actually think that works for what a sortie is. Sometimes they're easy, whatever, doesn't matter, free reward, yay. Sometimes, Sometimes they're ridiculously hard. It puts you in your place and makes you remember, okay, maybe I'm not the greatest player in the world. <laughs> um, so I think sorties are, are a good are, are a good mix, but they're not long enough to be no. end game content. Definitely. So <laughs> you know, for for me end game at the moment, Yeah, I, I think the end game in Warframe is very long and you know, I read an article in, oh God, what was it? Eurogamer. It was from about five years ago. And it was talking about how Endgame was ruining MMORPGs. Um, and I think it's a little outdated now, but the, the core concept of what it was saying was um, was pretty much spot on. So what they were saying was um, the concept of, of an Endgame and the fact that you need to add an Endgame and you need to put this challenging concept in is ruining... MMORPGs because it's not the only way to do things. There has to be other ways to do things. And I think Warframe is one of those games that has other ways of doing things. You've put in a thousand hours into Warframe and you're not finished the game. Oh god, no. <laughs> I've put in six hundred hours into Warframe and I'm nowhere near finishing the game. The the content that's in the game. So I think Warframe has an end game, but it's a long game. It's reputation grind. It's mastery. It's um, building all of the different kinds of weapons, all of the different kinds of amps, all of the different kinds of everything, and formering them and making certain weapons your own. That's the long-term endgame. It gets a little boring at times, and we do need something to mix it up. But I think, personally, that's what I think the long-term endgame is. Do we need to augment that with some trials and some railjack and things like that? Definitely. Um, but looking at what Rob from a gay guys plays was saying, I'm not a hundred percent sure that his suggestions would work. So what he was saying is we need short stuff, five minute stuff that you can jump in. It's extremely hard right from the get go. It's 200 level, uh, you know, level 200 enemies. And if you're, good enough to get through it you can get through it and in five minutes you've got your reward but that just leads me down that same path of those players that can spend 100 hours a week that's not going to be challenging for them for very long no no it won't and it comes there's that problem of rewards again how many rewards do you give to a player and if you can only do it once a day then it's the same as a sortie it's fun it's good it's interesting but there's not much point in doing it. So there's a fine line between pleasing all of your players. Actually, I don't think there's even a fine line. It's just impossible to please all of your players. It's as simple as that. So you've got to try and find what you can give. And that's why, because I was thinking to myself, I'm so frustrated about how long the grind is for reputation in Cetus, for example, but it needs to be long. Because a player like me who puts in twenty hours a week, if it was shorter, I'd already be finished and I'd be bored and I'd have moved on to something else. That's my thought for the week. And that's that's it got me thinking. Just watching some of those videos from The Gago Plays and Tactical Potato just sort of got me going down that path. And that's why I wanted to to talk about um endgame this week. Do you have anything else to add before we move on, Lucas? Um no, just that just that the uh,
1: going back to the beginning when you were mentioning that the eidolons could potentially um, be an end game kind of thing, I think I think that's what DE originally was trying to do. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean the, the fights against the, the tridolons have very much a a raid boss feel to them, with having to do um, certain actions to get certain um, things to transpire. Um, And I think that's something that they're going to continue with every uh, open world that they release. Um, Mm. I mean, they have already mentioned that the orb mothers for Venus will, you will have a a special way of summoning them uh, from their corresponding corpus base. Um,
0: Mm. So,
1: so yeah, I, I I think that the, the open world aspect of it is, is potentially looking end game. Now, the because the first one was on Earth, the second one being Venus, I think it's kind of scaling with the newer players, if anything. Um, yeah, I mean, if you th- if you think you think about a an MMO, you have a level cap, then you have an a uh, expansion, and that level cap rises. Warframe doesn't have that level cap. Well, it it doesn't have that growing level cap so you know players have already reached that level cap they're not going to get any more uh, and they're not going to grow any further in terms of you know the the warframes level or the weapons level um so going back to what i said the 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 planes of eidolon being something that corresponds more with uh the newer players as an end game thing Mm. We could probably expect something for veterans or higher-end players to hit when and if DE decides to do an open uh, open map for somewhere like Saturn.
0: Yeah, no, I think I think you're right. Definitely, um, uh, you know, the, the Eidolons on their own were were pretty tricky when they were first released. Then they released the tridolons a few months later. I just think there's a little bit the gap between all of this content uh is maybe a little bit too long for some of those late game players but um it's definitely there and stuff is being added every however many couple of months so uh, personally i think there is a good end game in the game um and once i hit that point where i've done everything i'm probably going to be over a thousand hours in and can i really complain at that point i'm not sure i can no definitely cannot so all right we should wrap that up um because that was um it was a it was a good topic, but. Um, you know, we're we're getting later into our, our podcast. So let's move on to our tips, starting with the beginner tips. Um, rather than choose a single topic this week, I wanted to look at a few things that I wish I was sort of explained within my first, say, 10 to 20 hours of the game, and that is what the hell is mastery? What is leveling? Um, why can't I do any damage once I get to about Jupiter? Um You know, all of this stuff, what did it all mean? So for those new players in the game, you've got levels on your weapons. You've got levels on your warframes. And you've got this level that's um, next to your profile. So the one that's next to your profile is your mastery level. Really, all that reflects is how much of the game you've played. That's all it really says and does it's some people refer to it as like a a kind of prestige but i think that's misrepresenting it because prestige means you've played through a hell of a lot of content gotten to the end and then gone back and started again so it's not really that case of prestiging it's really a case of each mastery level will unlock something else within the game so once you get to mastery level two for example you are able to join a clan and you're able to start trading actually you might be joining a clan from mastery level four but you're able to start trading from mastery level two um you know you you start to unlock loadouts you start to be able to uh have access to more standing per day so basically when you start the game all you want to do is focus on getting through missions and things like that. As you're leveling up your mastery, then you start to focus on, focus on some of the more complex, complex functions within the game, such as standing. And by the time you get to that point, you've unlocked some of it just by, by going through your mastery. So your mastery level does not reflect your power level at all, just how much of the game you've played. And what affects that mastery level? Ranking up your weapons. So every weapon in the game... And every Warframe in the game can be ranked up to a total of rank 30. And for those, all of those levels, that will go towards your Mastery rank as what's called Affinity. And Affinity is basically experience within the game. So I think each level for a weapon, I think, is 100 Affinity towards Mastery. And each level for a Warframe, I think, is 300 towards Mastery rank. I can't remember if that's exactly right, but... um, Warframes are worth more. Weapons are worth less. You need to rank up every single weapon in the game to 30 before you get rid of it, because you need that affinity to rank up your mastery rank. But again, none of that matters for your abilities. None of that matters for your power level. The only thing that matters for your power power level is mods. So in Destiny, for example, you pick up a gun that's 100 power level and you pick up a gun that's 200 power level. The one that's 200 is stronger. In Warframe, you can have two versions of the same gun. I wouldn't recommend that because you don't need two versions of the same gun. But you can have two versions of the same gun, one that's fully kitted out with mods and another gun that's got no mods on it. And you will see a massive difference between the two exact same weapons. Modding is what makes you stronger. Um, We're going to go into more tips around modding in the future. So I'm going to stop there for now because modding is a whole topic on its own. But the last thing I wanted to touch around this topic is primes. So some weapons, some frames have a prime version. So let's take a look at Rhino, for example. Rhino, you can get him from Venus. You can farm for his peanut, his pieces, sorry, from Venus. <laughs> it came out a bit awkward. Keep um, G-rated, right,
1: mate. Keep G-rated. Right.
0: <laughs> you can farm for his bits uh, from the boss on Venus um, and you can build the standard Rhino. Or at the moment, Prime Vault is open and you can go and you can farm for the prime pieces of Rhino. The difference is really cosmetic there are some other differences to the stats, but they're not major enough to mean that Rhino Prime is massively powerful compared to the ordinary Rhino. They're really pretty much the same. The difference is Rhino Prime looks cooler and Rhino Prime sounds cooler than just plain old Rhino. The, the Primes are not automatically better than everything else in the game. That's the main point I wanted to get across there. Don't feel like you have to chase Primes. What are your thoughts on any of that, Lucas? Um, no, I, I think that's that's pretty pretty accurate. Um,
1: there, there there is a slight stat boost, um, but that's just to that's just to armor, health, shield, energy pool. Um, it doesn't the the prime variant doesn't really have a higher higher stats to its abilities. It may make things a little bit easier when you're modding due to polarity um again that's going to be a future um
0: topic uh, mm. but no that's... don't get me wrong the the bolto and the bolto prime are very different weapons the bolto is a piece of poo the bolto prime is a slightly better piece of poo <laughs> i don't i don't want to say they're, they're a piece of poo certain people might like them it doesn't work for me because of the range it's a very limited range shotgun, but that range, within that range that it has, it has a huge punch. It's a very strong weapon within a limited range. Didn't work for me, might work for you. But the normal Bolto and the Bolto Prime are very different weapons. The Bolto Prime is probably about double the strength of the standard Bolto. So, in some cases, it can be a bit different. But the main point I wanted to make is there are plenty of weapons in the game that aren't primes or don't have primes that are stronger than prime weapons. In fact, if you look at any YouTuber's top 10 weapons, a couple of them will be primes, but most of them won't be. Don't feel like you have to chase primes. Anyway, that was my beginner tip for this week. Uh, next week, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm thinking of uh, talking about what might be some good frames for uh, the early game, uh, what you should farm for and where you can get them from. Uh, but if you do have any requests for a beginner's tip, let us know via Twitter or anywhere else and we'll um, we'll do what we can for you. Moving on to the advanced tip, and I do like to preface this every week with uh, the the reminder that we're not experts. Nobody's an expert in the game. It's just a game. We're here to have fun. This is what we think really works. Uh, these are some tips that uh, could work for you. If you think it, it, it's, you know, if you think of things a little bit differently, let us know. Um, over to you, Lucas. Go for it. All right. So this week for my uh, advanced topic,
1: I'm going to be talking about companion synergy uh, and not, not the sentinels. Uh, the sentinels may be useful and handy, and some people may prefer them over the uh, the biological companions, um, but I'm going to be focusing on the biological pets this week. Um, now, earlier this week, I had one of our clan members say to me that his um, Adaza Kavat, in particular, wasn't up to standards. So he, he'd go into a mission, a high-level mission, and he would spend half that mission reviving his pet so it got me to think if he hasn't if this guy here he's played longer than i have he's played more hours but if he here he hasn't looked at companion synergy then who has so i'm just going to give a few examples this evening of what what you want to look for uh in terms of can uh, companion synergy um and mostly it's it's based on uh pairing up your companions mods with your Warframe. So if, if for example, if you're using a high health Warframe, let's throw Inaros out there, um, then you wanna be building your pet for health uh, because the the, the um, survival mods for pets are all linked to your Warframe. So again, the Inaros having high health, you would wanna throw on a link health mod. This is going to give your your pet a hundred and sixty five percent health link. So the higher health you have, the higher health uh, the higher health your um, companion has. Definitely something you want to work towards. Um, another example I want to throw out there is I did a build for Chroma, and you, know, you could go the the Frost Chroma and try. A armor link build so the higher your armor gets uh, using Vex armor on Chroma, the higher your cat's armor your, or your pet's armor gets. Um, I personally went for a health, uh, a fire Chroma, so it you know the health keeps going higher and higher the more damage you take. Um, now, these mods that I'm talking about are link health, link armor, and link shields, they can all be found from the exact same places. Excuse me, I got something in my throat. <clears> throat> All found in the exact same places, uh, such as the uh, the drugs, the um, feral Kubros drop them, and the drux also drop them, and they all have the same drop rate of zero point eleven percent. Or you can go to the Earth sabotage on Cervantes, and by getting all three of the caches, uh, you can you have a three point 6-7% chance at acquiring one of these mods um, so yeah what is what your thoughts on that on uh, companion synergy
0: Greg I don't use companions a lot simply because I didn't understand some of those pieces so um, I, I to be honest I hadn't thought of it because I always build my weapons and my um, uh, warframes to the stat of that particular equipment So, And it's easier for Sentinels because Sentinels sort of feel like like you're just sort of um, uh, building it towards the stats of the Sentinel itself. Uh, Even though there is a certain amount of link capacity between your Warframe and the the Sentinels, um, I just hadn't thought about it. So really, when I put my um, mods on the Companions, I'm just thinking, okay, well, what do I need my Companion to be? I want it to do a hell of a lot of damage or I want it to have... um, Uh, high health, but I don't think about it from the perspective of, okay, well if I'm linking it to my Warframe, I need to build it towards a specific Warframe and therefore you know, like the example you used with Inaros, building an armor, not an armor link, a health link, link health um, mod towards Inaros would actually mean you've got a pretty damn tanky companion. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I hadn't thought of any of that stuff. So that that tip actually helps me, so I appreciate it. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> um, um, and they are pretty easy mods to get. To be honest, I've got all of those mods that you mentioned. <laughs> I just don't use them right. <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully now you'll go back and
1: uh, and look at them. I mean, I I know you're a, a Valka fan, and you're looking at a um, a Warcry build for your Valka.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, you know, with with Warcry, you get a boost to uh armor armor yeah so maybe that's something to consider,
0: yes, definitely definitely and and that sort of leads us into our next topic if you is that everything you wanted to cover on that tip yeah no i'm I'm good there, beautiful, um, it does lead us into our next topic because um. The next topic is the community call-out. So during the week, we got some feedback from a couple of guys on the Warframe Australia and New Zealand Facebook group. Uh, In particular, there were two gentlemen, uh, one named Perry and one named Ben. Uh, I'm not giving out full names, of course, uh, just just those first names. Uh, But they gave us some feedback and some some requests uh, for what to talk about. And one of them in particular, so Perry mentioned that uh, he loves to use the Berserker mod with uh, brawler weapons in particular, such as the Prisma Obex. Um, and, and, then, Prime, and Prime Fury, with, with Prime Fury. Uh, with Prime Fury, exactly. Because it gives you... So if you don't know what Berserker is, Berserker has a chance on critical hits to increase your attack speed. So along with Prime Fury, which increases your attack f- attack speed, with a brawler weapon, which is already a relatively fast weapon to use because all you're doing is punching um you can end up with some super fast strikes um and some some you know sort of crazy tasmanian devil kind of (laughs) activity (laughs) by using these mods together i mean for myself i like to use the berserker mod with uh high crit slow weapons like the galatine prime uh because i can't stand how slow the galatine prime is even though it hits hard it's just so damn slow but as soon as you hit that crit suddenly you are swinging that thing like um, like it's nobody's business.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. especially if you've got the right stance on, then you literally turn yourself into a Beyblade. Yeah,
0: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's one way of putting it. Um, from that, so Ben then mentioned, you know, it's also awesome to use that with melee frames, such as Valkyr and uh, particularly Warcry. And if you've got something um, like the Venka Prime that uh, has a has a pretty fast attack rate as well, you can just turn into a a, a shredder um, uh, so I just wanted to call out all of those things and and they are some pretty good some pretty good tips and of course playing with all of those mods is what warframes all about. I do recommend the Berserker mod for uh, increased speed. If you've got a crit-based melee weapon, you pretty much want that berserker mod to be on there because it does have a massive impact on your speed. Uh, but it does drop relatively easy, so even though it is a rare mod, so it's a gold mod, uh, it's it is relatively easy come by. So um, depending on how many hours you've played the game, you've probably got it already. Um, so so check that out.
1: And if not, then it's something that we could possibly talk about at a at a later time um, on one of our future episodes.
0: Yes, exactly. Uh, the second thing I wanted to call out was also Ben from the, um, the Warframe Australia New Zealand page um, who pointed something out. So I was helping someone on that page in regards to their heck build um and he helped me understand so again i have said on this that when we're not experts we don't know everything nobody possibly knows bloody everything about this game because it's just absolutely ridiculous and ben helped me to understand something that i hadn't fully understood and it's in regards to status so we're going to go into greater detail at a later date as to what status is and how it works and all of those kind of things but really What he helped me understand is status is made for those single-shot weapons. When you fire a single bullet, that single bullet has, for example, 80% chance of applying a certain status. With shotguns, shotguns are firing out multiple pallets. My misunderstanding was that each of those pallets had an 80% chance of applying status. And I had thought that there was some kind of glitch that when you hit 100%, then every pallet has a 100% chance of applying um, status. But unless you hit 100%, then status was kind of pointless. Um, but the reality is, the way status works with shotguns and pallets is it divides it by the number of pallets. So if you've got 80% status and your shotgun, so for example, heck, for example shoots 10 pallets then it's 80 divided by 10 so each pallet only has an 8% chance of applying status so unless you can get that weapon up to 100% those pallets are doing nothing and it's basically a glitch with the way that they've designed status application and shotguns it doesn't they don't work together very well and the change if they were to make it that each pellet would have an 80% chance of applying status, then shotgun weapons would suddenly become way overpowered. So it's, it's, it's a difficult one for them to fix. Um, and multi-shot doesn't actually make your, so for example, heck heck can't possibly get to a hundred percent status without adding a multi-shot mod. And unfortunately while multi-shot basically doubles or it increases the number of pellets you're firing, it doesn't have any impact on that status itself. So if you only got to 99% and now instead of 10 pellets, you're shooting 20 pellets, then it's 99% divided by 20. <laughs> Even though it says you're 100% status, it's actually not. It's it's a, 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 a fallacy of the stats. So there's only a few shotgun weapons that can hit 100% status. And I think you've got to be over 25 or over 27% uh, percent status as a base stat. To be able to hit um, 100% status without multi shot. Um, and that's weapons like I think the comb can do it, the Tigger's prime can do it, and the, um, the strun wraith can do it, the boar prime. So there's a few weapons that can do 100% uh, status, but the heck is not one of them. So I just wanted to call out Ben for making me realize I was wrong. <laughs> and for <Elvis>, Albert, <laughs> it's, it's good to understand that because now I need to go back and rework my entire heck but that's fine. <laughs> ah. All right. So we've come to the end of this particular show. And I did mention at the start that I wanted to mention um, our plans for the future. So we do have some plans about integrating with the, the community a little bit better. We're working on, we actually have a discord uh, but we 're working on how to share the link because I, I just haven 't figured out how to share discord links very easily just yet i 've put the link on our Twitter account, which is at cephalon squared c e p-h-a-l-o-n-s-q-u-a-r-e-d spelling it out because it is a difficult word we didn't think of that when we named the podcast <laughs> you're listening to it now you can see how it's spelt if you look at your phone or whatever it is but still so go to to twitter follow us there you'll see our discord link please join it uh we'll start to become more um uh, active there Uh, As time goes on, we are thinking of building a Facebook page. We don't have one at the moment. We do have a Twitter, obviously, um, but we need followers. We're getting followers to the... um, you know, We're getting listeners, I, su- I suppose, for the podcast, which is great, but we need some followers uh, for Twitter, uh, just so we can share more information and, and um, build a bit of a community around the podcast. So some of the things we're thinking of doing is, is we're looking to have a community guest star on uh, the show in future. Uh, maybe not every episode, but we'll see how we go. It'll just be a five-minute stint just to talk to the community, see who they are, what they play. Uh, the- favorite frames and weapons and each person that does come onto the show will have um chance to give us a discussion topic where we'll all chat for five minutes around um a topic that's brought up by that p- particular person and it just gives us a way to showcase different people within the game because there's so many different people out there who play this game and who love it and everyone's got a different story and we don't want to be the only one sharing our story we want to give everyone the chance to share theirs so um that's is another idea that came from uh, one of the guys, I think his name is Timothy uh, from memory in the, um, the Warframe Australia New Zealand page. Um, so my thoughts is follow us on Twitter, send us a direct message on Twitter and tell us that you'd be interested in doing the community guest star and we will hook up with you through there and we'll get that happening. Uh, so if you do wanna be a community guest star and be on the show, let us know via Twitter. The other thing we're planning on doing is something we're we're going to refer to as the community spotlight. These are going to be focused on internet personalities. So uh, Twitch streamers, YouTube uh, personalities, anyone related to Warframe in any way. If you can help us get these interviews, they're going to be in between episodes. So they won't be a a numbered podcast episode. It'll just be a bonus episode that you can listen to uh, in between. Uh, and they'll be longer, say half an hour interviews with some of these people. So if you know anyone and you can put us in contact with anyone, we're happy to start at any level. If you're a Twitch streamer and you've got 50 followers and you just want to chat with us about your streaming Warframe, hit us up on Twitter, let us know and uh, we'll, we'll interview you and you can uh, talk about yourself and what you do and how you help players um, on our show. So these are just a couple of ideas we've got uh, for engaging with the community in the future. Anything you'd like to add before we close out the show, Lucas? Um, I was just thinking, um, no,
1: I don't think there is. I believe everything was covered. Beautiful.
0: All right. Well, this one has been uh, a little bit of a long one, but um, as I said at the start, there was a lot of things to talk about, and I'm glad this one didn't glitch out on us like it did the first time we tried. Um, But I hope this was a a good second episode. Please let us know uh, how we're doing. Give us some feedback. We love feedback. We don't have enough. Another thing you can do, and uh, I believe Anchor. Puts that onto the end of this episode, but you can use anchor.fm, so A-N-C-H-O-R.fm, go to the Cephalon Squared page and you can actually leave us a voice message. So we're looking at how that can be integrated. We might have listener questions in the future where you log in, leave us a voice message on Anchor FM as a question, and then we can answer that question. We're just sort of seeing how it works. So um, give that a try as well, leave us some messages there. Um, we'd really love to hear from you. But please follow us on Cephalon Squared on Twitter. Send us an email, cephalonsquared at gmail.com. My name has and always is and always will be Greg. I uh, am your host, of course, for Cephalon Squared. You can find me at Mad Capsules on Twitter. I uh, have a website, Mad Capsules Gaming. Please check it out. Take a look at it. Um, uh apart from that my co-host is lucas what have you got to share uh
1: you can you can find me on twitter also uh of course my name is lucas and you can find me at silverlight s i l v r l g h t
0: okay so if you'd like to follow us please do if you don't don't I <laughs> we'll deal with it <laughs> we all need followers we all love followers but um you know we are here to talk about warframe and to share stuff about warframe so let us know what works for you and we'll do it anyway thank you for another week and we will speak with you again next week adios see you.